Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, more calls for the government to release its coronavirus projections. I think people can imagine uh, a range of scenarios that shows uh, uh, everything from everyone gets suddenly better within the next uh, few weeks to uh, this situation just keeps getting worse and we face a situation like uh, like uh, some other countries in the most dire situations have. Concerns about trusting information coming from China. I can assure you that we're very much aware of the story around the world that we need to speak with one voice as as liberal democracies and upholding obviously facts and science-based approach when it comes to a crisis like that people watching at home deserve answers they deserve data they deserve uh, the truth and is canada considering taking part in a global effort to cut oil production we have been concerned for some time about the ways in which the actions of Russia and Saudi Arabia have disrupted the world energy market. Uh, That has had grave consequences for the Canadian energy sector and for the Canadian economy more broadly, and that is something we are really focused on. It's Friday, April the 3rd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief and the host of the follow-up podcast, Althea Raj. Good morning, Althea. Good morning, Mark. So the Prime Minister met with the Premiers last night, and uh, there was a discussion. I'm not sure there were any decisions made, but uh, I know that uh, they compared notes on a lot of aspects of the coronavirus crisis. Uh, What's your sense of what emerged from that discussion? Well, I haven't really spoken about anybody from it because it did wrap up uh, later in the evening yesterday. So I'm not sure, aside from being able to tell you it was in the readout, which to be frank wasn't much. Um, a lot of the answers that we received this week from cabinet ministers were that this was going to be discussed with the provinces. For example, um, who was going to get what when it comes to personal protection equipment? That was going to be uh, something that the premiers would decide amongst themselves. Um, the suggestion was made that this is actually something that was going to be, uh, when you get down to it, really discussed at the medical officer's level. But that was supposed to be part of the conversation last night. Um, how they were going to compensate minimum wage workers who actually end up making less money than what the federal government is allowing uh, as a, a monthly benefit to Canadians who've lost their job, that Canadian Emergency Relief Benefit, Canada Emergency Relief Benefit, CERB, that $2,000 monthly, that was supposed to be something that was going to be discussed with the premiers. So there are, um, there's obviously more things uh, that may have been on the agenda than what is in the readout. Um, but what we're told by the Prime Minister's office um, is that uh, the Premier, the Prime Minister, and the Deputy Prime Minister really talked about the measures that the federal government is doing to help um, ensure that everybody has what they need. And so one of the big things that was announced, I think it was last week, but I'm, to be frank, Mark, I'm losing track of time. Uh, this is the $2 billion <laughs> <are>. to purchase <laughs> testing products ventilators, uh, protective personal equipment. And part of that $2 billion was also helping Canadian companies retool. Um, the Prime Minister told reporters and came, the Canadian public yesterday that you know a lot of personal equipment had just arrived, that 10 million masks had been delivered to Canada, that there were thousands of gloves and swabs for tests. And so um, we know that that's something that was discussed. There's a line in there that talks about um, emergency actions taken by the provinces, including uh, 
stopping non-essential travel between provinces. Um, as we all know, uh, especially here in Ottawa, uh, the Quebec government has basically closed the border between Quebec and Ontario. And so uh, reading between the lines, you wonder if there is a discussion about closing other provincial borders right. across the country. We may hear more about that. Um, they also talked about data. Um, and uh, I think you and I will talk a little bit about how the federal government uses that data. Yeah, let's um, let's and- talk about that now, actually, because the... There, there is a debate now about whether the the federal and provincial government should release the models that they are using, the projections they have. Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, is saying he will, and we're expecting that today. The federal government has still been holding off on that, and that's touched off a significant debate about what the right approach is. Yeah, I think part of the problem, to be fair to the federal government, is that the data is not of the same quality coming from the provinces. And the federal government is relying on the provinces to do its modeling. Uh, There are, I think there is a hesitancy uh, by some to release a picture that they know is not entirely accurate. I mean, forecasting is never really completely accurate, but that they think may not be as good as the picture that could be. I think there's also a sense of, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing to release numbers? Does it encourage people to stay home? Will it encourage people to just throw their hands up in the air and say, well, everybody's going to die, so might as well just go outside? Um, I'm not suggesting that people do that. Um, right. So anyways, there there is obviously pressure on the federal government coming from the public, especially when we see countries like the United States, New Zealand, come out and offer their own projection about where Meanwhile, speaking of information, there are questions uh, about whether the data from China is reliable and whether that's useful to Canada as as we project forward here. Uh, the health minister was asked about that yesterday. What's your sense of, of whether the government is counting on this information as, a, as useful or not? You know, to be honest, this is such a bizarre story because yesterday reporters um, asked the prime minister about this. Basically, a Bloomberg News wrote a story late Wednesday, I believe, in which it said, uh, citing three unnamed sources, that the White House had received an intelligence report. And in it, basically, it suggests that China has been less than forthcoming about the cases that it has. 
the vice president was asked about this on CNN, and he said, you know, if we had known how big a picture of this, how big a crisis this was, if we had had an accurate picture in China, um, then we would have been prepared. Now, this may be uh, Mike Pence uh, casting part blame for the Donald Trump administration's response on China, but uh, the Prime Minister was asked about this, and he basically said, you know, finger-pointing about who may have been less forthcoming with the international community, we will last, we will talk about that later. Now we need to deal with the crisis at hand. And the same question was put to Cabinet Ministers just an hour later in their daily press conference, and the Health Minister uh, gave a very uh, blunt response. She said there is absolutely no indication that came out of China in terms of their inf infection rate, that the death rate was falsified in any way. And she noted that uh, the death rate overall in China, which is about 4%, is much higher than the one that we're seeing now, which is about 1.25% in Canada and uh, close to 2% in the United States. The, the Foreign Affairs Minister, though, had just he answered that question before Patty Haidu, the health minister, did, and he said he just wrapped up a call with NATO leaders and they talked about this and they were very concerned about it. So it is rather, um, it is not clear what the government stand on that is, and it's especially confusing when you think about this week. We actually heard from Chinese officials that they recognized that they did not share data on asymptomatic cases. So we We've been, China has actually admitted that they haven't given a complete picture, and yet here you have the health minister saying they trust China's statistics, they use the, WHO's, the World Health Organization statistics, and they don't believe that um, that they have, an, they have had an inaccurate picture of what's going on. And in fact, the health minister actually, she actually accused a journalist who asked her about uh, the accuracy of data of fueling conspiracy theories that uh, are found on the Internet. Right. All right, very quickly, we're almost out of time, Althea, but a uh, quick thought from you on the fact that Canada is talking to other countries about possibly reducing oil production because demand has gone way down during this crisis. Yeah, Christia Freeland talked about this on Thursday. Basically, she said that um, Canada and the United States were in close contacts about the oil price shocks in uh, the North American energy sector. Um Yesterday, we saw Donald Trump uh, tweet that he had brokered a deal with uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia to reduce output, and stocks shot up. Um, she, the, Christy Freeland here, uh, said that the situation was fast-moving, um, didn't really announce anything other than the day that uh, Ottawa and the U.S. are in close contact. So, right. um, watching, but uh, no news out of that, no real news out of that. All right, yes. Althea? Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks very much. You too, Mark. Stay safe. That's Althea Raj, HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief and the host of the follow-up podcast. I think people can imagine uh, a range of scenarios that shows uh, uh, everything from everyone gets suddenly better within the next uh, few weeks to uh, this situation just keeps getting worse and we face a situation like, uh, like uh, some other countries in the most dire situations have. Now here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues governments must trust Canadians with the facts on the coronavirus. The Star writes, 
Canadians, the vast majority of them, are trusting their governments to get us through the coronavirus pandemic. In a matter of a few weeks, we've followed their advice and their orders to put a freeze on virtually all public life. Government, in turn, must trust Canadians with the truth about what's going on and their best estimate of what to expect in the coming difficult weeks. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues we should trust now but verify later the claims for emergency government funding. Martin writes, In these dire times, government is forced to trust companies to not take advantage of emergency consumerism or rescue response packages. What will be needed when this is over is a shift from trust to verification. There's simply too much pain in this pandemic to let anyone gain financially who doesn't actually need the help. And if companies are found to have broken trust with the government, they should be named and shamed in public. In the Globe and Mail, Gary Mason argues the U.S. border remains a problem in Canada's fight against the coronavirus. Mason writes, The movement of goods between Canada and the U.S. is vital, and shutting the border to this traffic is not an option. But if we're only as strong as our weakest link, what do we do about tens of thousands of people arriving from a country that has now become ground zero of the pandemic? If we have infected people regularly coming into Canada from the U.S., efforts to defeat the virus's spread are going to be undermined. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting, followed by his daily briefing to Canadians on the coronavirus situation. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, April the 3rd. Tune into CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day and the weekend for coverage of the coronavirus crisis and primetime politics weekend. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.